welcome to Trade Centre Live, brought to you by Sportsmate and Footy Live, where we talk all things trades, bringing you all the breaking news and real opinions from real fans. Hashtag Trade Centre Live to get involved. It's day three today, and each day we're going to speak to big fans about their beloved clubs. We've got three lined up today, actually, followed by a 4 p.m. show to wrap up your daily trade news. Make sure you get involved on Instagram as well at afl.footylive on Instagram, hashtag Trade Centre Live on Twitter and Insta. First up today is a very passionate and sensible man. It's Nuz from the Sensible Crow podcast. Welcome, Nuz. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. An absolute pleasure. I'm very excited, mate. To be honest, I've never spoken to an Adelaide supporter before who's sober. So I think it's a bit early over there to have a Chardonnay. It's great to have a chat to you, mate. Am I the first um, guy from Footy Live you've spoken to? Uh, you are actually, yeah, but I'm still drunk from the night before, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Why, why do you <laughs> support Adelaide, by the way? Why? Well, I, I was born and raised here. I'm a very proud, passionate South Australian and the crows of the South Australian colours, the blue, red and um, uh, gold. And it's just, um, you know, since since day dot, I've been a big fan. Uh, Dad was a massive NFL football fan and I used to go to um, all the SAFL grand finals, which, you know, probably the second best league, uh, you know, behind the VFL back in those days. And, um, yeah, really, really, he was a... West Torrens fan and I was a, a Glenelg fan, so we, we actually lost oh, to them in the grand final. Glenelg, the, the day. Tigers, yeah, yeah. He uh, he reminded me of them winning, but that's why. And um, it's just been a fun ride, and it's been a bit bumpy the last few years, but overall, it's been it's been quite fun. And um, you know, being a fan of the Crows in Adelaide is very <laughs> handy because you can talk around the water cooler and actually, you know, <laughs> most people go for the Crows, I dare say, and uh, yeah. a little sprinkling of Port fans on top. That's right. So why are Crows fans superior to Port fans then? <laughs> well, that's a leading question, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't say we're superior. In fact, I will grant this to Port. They've, mm-hmm. um, they've done very well in marketing to the newer generations and it's something yeah. that I think that, um, you know, I'm quite a harsh critic of the Crows and that's one of the reasons why I started a podcast um, in the first place because I could just see a lot of failings that we were doing. And there has been a lot of positive change with new CEOs um, and whatnot, co- coaches coming in. Mm-hmm. But uh, the board have done very well. Uh, there is always the jokes that we're the Chardonnay sippers and they're the <laughs> guys with no teeth. But uh, oh, that will go on for 100 more years. It's been it's, it's good banter. But they, the clubs really, really do properly hate each other. But they actually do. Yeah. It's, it's all these false kind of things that people think of. Um, if if you don't know the history of it, just a quick rundown is that mm. basically uh, the VFL wanted uh, Norwood or Port to join. Norwood were a bit sitting on their hands. Port said, you know what, we'll kind of go past everyone. The rest of the SNFL clubs hated it. And so what the SNFL did is they created their own club, the Crows, which obviously peeved off Port quite a bit. That's where the history began, and that's why they hate each other so. So, what are the showdowns like then? What's the hostility? Because you said it's a real hate. It's not like a friendly kind of rivalry. It's a real hate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's no um, Celtic versus Rangers <laughs> kind of thing where they divide the stands, but uh, it kind of is a little bit. Uh, yeah, that they're. they're I don't know. You, you become a bit of a bogan, it's fair to say, when you watch it, and then you kind of realize, oh, you snap out of it afterwards, and you think, oh, that wasn't so bad. But it's um, it, it doesn't matter what happens on the ladder uh, beforehand because it will be even. And you saw um, later in the round, 
last year that we were down by. Well, no, so we were winning until like what midway through the last quarter, mm. um, and we were, you know, five wins in the season. Port were going for a flag, so just just goes to show you that uh, form means nothing. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I, I like your uh, Sensible Crows podcast as well, and I heard you mention on there that you know, unless you win a flag, no one really cares how many games uh, we won, and you weren't a big fan of giving games to veterans and that sort of thing. You wanted to really, um, you know, uh, get the youth in and try and mature those players and that sort of thing. Is that kind of the – you still have that belief? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's funny. I did mention, I said, what's the difference between, say, winning 11 games versus nine games? And mm. that would be the reality difference. So if, if the Crows were to play, say, Luke Brown, Matt Crouch and others, and say Rory Sloan in the middle, where he probably has, you know, passed his due by date, no offence. I mean, I love Sloan as more than anyone, but, you know, his time is up in the middle. And um, if, we, if we don't give opportunities to uh, the new recruits coming through in Berry, Pedler, Sean Berg, uh, Braden Cook, who we got last year, and a few others, then um, what we're going to find is that in about three to four years' time, when we're meant to be competing, these kids will have only played 30-odd games, and that's not enough to compete for a flag. Yeah, no, this look it's at Mel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying that they've, um, you know, they, they were really very poor for many years. And mm. I know it's different, like they were on a different trajectory than Melbourne were, but it's uh, it definitely has to be a consideration that, you know, to win flags, you need around about 60-plus games, 80-plus generally, into these kids, these, you know, elite, talented kids. Uh, otherwise, you know, they won't... Um, show up in finals time. Mm, yeah, no, it's a sensible approach, I guess, because it is the bigger picture is you want to win a flag. That's the ultimate goal. It's not really winning those those games along the way, but it does give fans hope. And, it, you know, it's, it, it is hard sometimes because then if you're just playing youth ahead of, um, ahead of you know, quality there, that word tanking comes into play sometimes and you start, you start wondering about what the ultimate goal is. But, no, I, I could definitely see your point. I want to ask you about last season because finish 15th, uh, won seven, lost 15. But coming into the season, there wasn't many expectations that, um, you know, the Crows could do much. You might contend for the spoon again. But you had a really good start, the 12-point win over the Cats in round one. The 3-1 after that first month. And then there was a middle period of the season, though, where it kind of dropped away. But there were still good moments yeah. and highlights. So can you give me a grading of, of the season from A to F? Well, uh, in terms of A to F, um, probably – uh, a B, a B minus, I'd say, um, overall, because a B would be, you know, most people are happy with a, a B rating. And I think most fans, most, you know, 90-odd percent would be quite happy with what they saw. And especially it was the kids driving it uh, as, as well as Ben Keys. So, he's, yeah. you know, you could consider him being a kid. Um, he's still only 24. Mm. But it was those kids that were um, shining through. Obviously, Tex Walker had his form at the start of the season, but Talia was out injured and we discovered Geordie Butts. If Talia wasn't injured, we wouldn't have discovered him. Um, you know, Braden Cook got a shot at the end and Harry Schonberg uh, got some good midfield minutes and Ned McHenry's form at the end of the season was, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say justifying his first round pick, but definitely shows that he can be a best 22 player moving forward. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, Keys was huge, but unbelievable that this season that he had. Also, Seedsman as well. It was great to see Seedsman kind of get recognition that he deserved. Rory Laird, of course, he won the BNF. He was fantastic. And as you mentioned, Tex Walker started off really well. One stage, you thought he was going to kick 100 goals. 
for the season. Yeah, yeah well. ended <laughs> ended with forty eight. We thought there was the new. It's the new era, wasn't it? At the start of the year, we thought this is oh. the, the goal kickers are coming back. It wasn't long for the coaches to work out the uh, stand rule and how to negate that. And I think I don't know what to think of the stand rule now. I mean. Oh, it's funny because you watch the SANFL, for example, and they still mm. walk on the mark. And it does look funny when they're walking back and forth. So I don't mind the yeah. stand rule, but it did open up the game, but only for, what, three, four weeks, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, shame too. Hey, what yeah, about James, James Rowe? Oh. What about him in uh, his first goal? Yeah. How was that to see his old man call in that moment? How good was that? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, look, Stephen Rowe's a very um, – uh, conflicting character in Adelaide. Some people you either love him or hate him, and I, I oh, love yeah. him. You love him? To, yeah. yeah, to go on radio every day and, and do what he does is quite quite phenomenal. You know, it's already, as we know here, it's hard enough to do it on a podcast, let alone, um, you know, every day front up, do radio and waffle on nonsense for, you know, so many hours. But he, um, his passion is is unlike anything else. It's quite uh, phenomenal. And and Jimmy's the opposite. So Jimmy Rowe's very quiet, humble fella. Um, mm. A lot of people were bagging Jimmy Rowe, but I will highlight two things. His average goals per game and his tackles inside 50 were average for an AFL player in terms of, like, the player rankings. Yeah. So I'll say what you want about him. He might be a little bit slow, but he's – um. Is his stats were completely fine, completely for a first uh, first year kid. Mm. <laughs> Can't complain. Yeah, definitely. Hey, what was your highlight of the season? There are a few now. I can remember I off the top of my head with Melbourne. You beat Melbourne for their first loss, so that was a big highlight. And then there was that that thriller when you came back from five goals down in round thirteen against the Saints, and Phil Thorpe snapped that one over his head in the dying seconds. Yeah. Did you have a, a highlight of, of the year that really stands out to you? It probably you've you've nailed it on the head. It was um, you've actually mentioned all three. It was the Thilthorpe goal, the yeah. thriller in uh, you know the wet. He he's a bit special that kid. You know people yeah. say like <laughs> Luke Jackson, and the Crows have one in Riley Thilthorpe. I mean he's two oh two centimeters, and he's a perfect backup ruck and can um, really bring that X factor to the centre square. But that goal, I mean he he just that was completely fluke. I think he even admitted on radio after saying that he just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that was that. In terms of a one-off highlight, that was great. But the Melbourne and Geelong wins overall were were definitely the um, highlights of the season. And and at the game, the the crowd at the Geelong game, um, unlike anything you've seen for many years, that was a phenomenal um, effort by the guys. And uh, hopefully, they can continue that kind of good start of the season next year. Do you go to every game? Do you have a a, a spot that you sit in? Do you have a reserve seat? Oh no, I think I well. Uh, I used to many years ago, not anymore. Mm. Since having kids, it's a bit hard to try and get up every week yeah. to go, but I'll go whenever I can. Um, I've luckily, I've got a good mate who has um, very, very nice seats up in one of the members' stands. So if I go with him on occasion, and uh, but not since COVID, it, it is hard, as we all know as fans, not going to the game is, you know, sometimes it's, it's very tribal and not going has been a struggle for all of us, really. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's talk about the lowlights of the season. There were a few. Um, I don't know, comes to mind is the Taylor Walker situation. Then there was that mm. patch of, I guess, two wins from 13 in the middle of the season. And um, I thought also Jackson Haley, I was hoping for more from him. Uh, did you have a, a, a kind of low light that stands out to you? Yeah, look, Jackson was a funny one. I actually was a big um, uh, advocate of him coming in a few years ago. I said we should target him, and we yeah. luckily got him and Mitch Hinge, but both recruits that we got in were injured most of the season. Jackson Haley was playing injured for most of it. He actually had a groin um, 
a leg quad kind of complaint. So mm. uh, that's why we didn't see the best of him. I'm hoping for a really good preseason under Darren yeah. Burgess with Watson. But um, <clears throat> in terms of the lowlights, look, Tex Walker obviously was – you know, we were tracking so well and then a bit of a slip. It just goes to show the uh, the different nature of, of the, the world we live in nowadays. And um, oh, I was just quite upset. I don't want to go too much into the whole text thing. and mm. It has put a damper on a lot of things. But a feeling around the town of Adelaide is that people are moving on and people are healing and um, ready to kind of make amends and, and move forward sort of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, not to dwell too much as use it as a learning experience and, uh, move forward, basically. That's that's what we want, and um, hopefully we can get some more money and funding back into the Indigenous programs at the Crows. We were quite good at that for a while, and, and since COVID cuts have definitely affected that, so hopefully we can do that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's back, isn't he? He's back. He's back. Uh, he's going to play next year and everything. Hopefully it yes, settles down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah, been confirmed, yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about the trade period. Uh, because this yes. is your favourite part of the season. You love trade radio. I heard you talking about that. <laughs> oh, look, it's, 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 oh, I've got my, it's a love hate thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. I, I hate the, the amount of ads, but I mean, what else is there to talk about? I mean, well, this year's been quite boring in terms of trades, hasn't it, really? Well, nothing's um, really happened yet, to be honest. I yeah. mean, and there's no, there's no huge names. I mean, I'm, you might disagree with Jordan Dawson, but there's no real huge, huge names like in previous well, he's years. Well, huge for us, yeah. <laughs> he, he is. I want to ask you about that because the latest really is that the Swans have dug their heels in and uh, and they've floated the prospect of maybe him going to the preseason draft if, if the Crows don't offer something appropriate. Now, apparently 23 is not enough uh, and they're not going to give up pick four. What do you, Where do you stand on this? Well, there was um, word. Sorry about the seagulls. As I said, I am on an island. So <laughs> you can hear them walking in the background. Um, oh, good. The, um, uh, well, apparently yesterday the Crows offered pick 17. That would have been the Bulldogs pick. So what mm. we would have done is bundle up all the packages to the Bulldogs. So giving them, you know, our second, sorry, yeah, well, sec- late seconds and third rounders for points so they can make sure that they bid on uh, Sam Darcy. And uh, we would have had pick 17 and then on traded that to Jordan Dawson. And apparently they rejected that. Mm. That's what I was going to so be tough. Sure. Yeah. It would have been pick 17 and um, I think some other future, maybe a future third rounder along those lines as well, or, or a swap of maybe our second for their third. So uh, if you look at market value of what people have been traded for in the past, you look at Zach Jones at pick 32, but then you look at Adam Sard at pick eight. You know, he's somewhere in between that range. Mm. And pick 17 is about it. Um, uh, yeah, maybe we offered it too early. Maybe Sydney are just trying to um, save a bit of face. Not sure, but mm. 17 sounds about right. And, yeah, preseason draft is always there. So Sydney right. I've, I've got How does it get done? How does it get done, do you think? Well, I think they're in – I think they're just going to have to accept pick 23 because it's going to be nothing else. Mm. We we might not get pick 17 in the end because, um, say, Richmond might trade with Bulldogs instead of us or it could even happen today. It could be happening as we speak. But what we need to do is is, um, be – be bold, be brave, and know that preseason draft. It's very rare for someone to request a trade to a, a home state, and then for another club in a preseason draft to then get that guy. Yeah, exactly right. Well, he's, he's getting to Adelaide no matter what. Really, you could safely say. Exactly right. There's a couple of people out there like saying, "Oh, what if Port decide to trade with him?" But the difference between a Port trade 
would be their pick 16 and ours at pick 23 is, is pretty in terms of points and uh, draft value, especially in this draft. Mm. No, for sure. I, the, uh, oh, yeah. sorry, you just, you're either on the Chardonnays early or the internet's cutting out. Um, oh, I think we're, now we're, we're a bit of both. We're back, though. We're back. Perfect. So I was going to say Jack oh, Kelly went sorry. to the Dons. Were you, were you upset to see him go? Well, not really. Um, <laughs> I was very proud good of the good efforts riddance. that he gave to the Dons. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't, wasn't much a good riddance, but he's, um, when you, when you, Break down when you watch your own team play. There's little nuances about your own players that you pick up that other clubs probably don't watch so much of. And people look at Jake Kelly's positives, which is his um, hardness at the ball, his one-on-one kind of work, and and all that. But his his kicking, he has to be one of the worst kicks in the AFL. Um, he really is, and he's always. This is why he was um, taken at pick forty in the rookie draft. And the the fact that he's made a career out of it for himself is is um, nothing short of remarkable. He's done very well, so he should be very proud of himself, and he'll hopefully play another fifty to one hundred games at Essendon. But um, in terms of a need, the Crows have so many middle range defenders. That one ninety centimeter defender, um, it's not even funny. So we need to give a chance to these kids. And in terms of um, quality of play, it'll be the same or better. Mm. Hey, the Crows aren't going to be a huge major player at the trade table, obviously. I mean, the Jordan Dawson deal is there, but I do feel it's, yeah, there might be some speed and power to add your know, list at midfield forward, something like that. Is there something you think that the Crows really need to get in? We'll be back after a quick break. Well, there's in terms of trade, look, there's not much else besides Dawson, and he does fit that bill of um, uh, the Crows needs definitely good use of ball and speed, and, and mm-hmm. Dawson is perfect for that. He, he really will shore up that up perfectly. Uh, there was word uh, that Cade Chandler from Melbourne is speaking to the Crows for more opportunities. He's a um, country SA lad. He's 21 years old, a bit bit on the shorter side of things and just a typical goal sneak, but he's not really that quick. Um, so he's someone that they might put on a rookie list. In terms of the draft, it has been uh, touted by Matthew Nix that he will go for speed and talent in the draft. So we're going to hold on to pick four and whether we use that to trade up, to trade down, who knows. Yeah. What about Matty Nix, man? Yeah, I, I think he's been really impressive. And this season, it looked like they really had a game plan that they could stick to. They wanted to be a tough team to play against. Like, And a more the, the contest had improved, I thought, this season. Are you really happy with how Nix has turned this group around? I am. Yeah, you're always going to have some doubters, uh, no matter what field you're in, football, cricket, or life in general. Mm. And um, But... Most people do rape Nicks. And one thing that the club really needed was a healer. 
I know that sounds a bit wishy-washy, but they needed someone to bring the group together because it was utterly fractured, the whole mm. group. And you can probably yeah. see how many people have left since that grand final debacle. Um, so we needed to get a healer in, but we're also quite lucky that his game plan does seem to um, play well against the, the good teams. It stands up. And we saw uh, wholeheartedly in the finals how much that contested ground ball work is important to win a flag. And that's what the Crows are, are bringing to the table. Were you at the 2017 grand final, by the way? No, no, I was, uh, no, unfortunately through work, I, I was um, a bit stuck. So, um, no, I couldn't make it. Uh, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, you didn't make it. I was there. Yeah. Um, oh, on the other end of it. Of, you were there. Oh. You're a Tigers fan, are you? I am a Tigers fan. Yeah, unfortunately for you, it was a great oh, moment, though. It was <laughs> before the podcast started. Oh, well. I should I should have told you. <laughs> I wasn't happy. You know that day, I um I thought all oh, Adelaide fans must be fashion experts. I was just sitting there minding my own business. I had two beers, and Adelaide fan came up to me and he goes, "Oh, mate, high tops and skinny jeans. That is terrible." And I thought, "Who are these guys? <laughs> Seriously." <laughs> And sorry he, this about that. Yeah. Mull- yeah, no, you should be sorry. I blame you for that. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> a, a dream trade, Naz, because, you know, one that could it benefit your club, but what you've got available, what would be the ultimate trade you could possibly come up with? Pretend you're the list manager for a moment. Yeah, look, it's um, pretty much centres around Jason Horn. This is where it's funny where I talk about winning games and, you know, who cares if we won seven, six or Ten last season because if we lost against say Hawthorne, um, which we beat them at the uh, Eddie Had Stadium, is that no Marvel, Marvel Stadium? Marvel Stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, we would have actually come second last and probably would have been able to trade with North Melbourne quite easily to get pick one and of course snare Jason Horn Francis, who's touted as going uh, top or at least one of the top two oh, draft yes. prospects with Dacos as well. Yeah. So that would be around that. Um, there's a lot of argument, would you sell the farm? A lot of people saying, move on, we can't get him. Uh, but North have been putting the feelers out there saying, we, we are willing to trade pick one and it has to be the right deal. And sometimes you don't, uh, you can regret these decisions later down the track, but if you don't try for something, you'll never know. So mm. it's, it's it's like when you ask a pretty girl out on a date, you know, if you don't try, you never know. Oh, that's um, right. So, but it, I, I would, um, and two reasons. Well, actually, one main reason is is mm-hmm. for the fact that we need exactly what he brings, which is um, that kind of good ball use and speed and toughness. So he's he's all there, and we've got most of the pieces moving forward. But one thing we do lack is that top top end elite A grade midfield talent. The midfield we got the forwards, we got the backs. It's the midfield that we need. So that's why what we do is trade uh, our pick four. Well, hopefully trading up to get a pick three up. So Gold Coast have apparently been looking to move down in the order. So we would look at trading up, say maybe trading pick four uh, and a future second to Gold Coast or pick four in Himmelberg, who's from uh, the Gold Coast region, up to the um, pick three. Give that to North Melbourne as well as our first rounder and a good young prospect, someone like uh, Lockie Shoal, Fisher Mackesy, Will Hamill, um, Chase Jones, along those lines. Someone who is going to be very good but uh, 
no one would care if they're gone because you'd be getting the ultimate prize in Jason Horn Francis. Well, there you go, Adelaide fans. Jason Horn Francis is coming to the Crows. Just, <laughs> just getting us as the list manager, and you've done it. That's brilliant. I love that one. That's probably our well, best it sounds, so far. It sounds, it sounds simpler than done. Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, Justin Reid, the list manager for the Crows, came out and said he doesn't expect North mm-hmm. Melbourne to come out and do that trade. Um, but it's definitely something that we would keep uh, a close eye on. So if there's the chance to do it, we would. Um, but if not, I'll expect a lot of Crows fans to look out for the names of Finn Callahan, um, who's a good top-end mid, and uh, Josh Rochelle, or Josh Rochelle, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. He's a, um, a Toby Green kind of clone, I guess you'd say, mm. uh, who's something else we lack in terms of the small forward department. So he'd be, um, he's from the Murray Brooks Rangers. So any Crows fans out there, look for those ones. There's a couple of other names as well, but whether we go for them, I'm not too sure. I think Rochelle's the guy that we'll end up getting. Mm. So where do the Crows finish next year then? 2022? Are you celebrating a premiership or <laughs> where do they finish? Uh, in, my, in my head I will be. <laughs> no, um, I, I honestly, I think Melbourne are due for a bit of a dynasty looking at their list profile. I really just – the way that they're set up, the age bracket demographics is yeah. just perfect. But we uh, – and hopefully the Crows can come straight after that and um, win our first flag in, say, 2026. 20, but uh, where we finished last year, I'd say – Probably similar, maybe a little bit better, uh, 14th, I'd say. 14th. Okay. We have to be realistic as Crows fans. Any Crows fans listening, mm. we have to be realistic. It's it's a long journey. Um, so just just embrace it. Embrace watching the kids, embrace watching the new game style and um, have some fun while you're at it. Yeah, you're a realist and, and a sensible crow, that's for sure. Hey, before I get you to plug your <laughs> podcast again, I've got 10 quick questions for you, okay? And they're all in all right. Adelaide, so let's get through these. All right, which player would you most like to have a beer with at the pub from the Adelaide list? Oh, Ned, Ned McHenry for sure. Yeah. He's, a, he's like an absolute clown of a guy. I love it. <laughs> uh, if you had to get rid of either Keys or Laird, who would you get rid of? And I've, I think I know the answer to this, to be honest. Well, it would be Keys, only because Laird Ooh. is so renowned. I, I would really? actually I say... Really? you would have said Laird. There you go. Well, well, I would if Laird wasn't so revered in Adelaide. Mm. Um, there's some players at the club that uh, you just have to hold on to for culture, and mm. he's one of those people. In terms of if it was pure black and white list management, it would be Laird, though. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, there you go. No, it's a good answer. I like that one. Number three, get a shot after the siren, 45-degree angle, 40 metres out. Who do you choose to kick it? Darcy Fogarty. Fogarty, very good. If Adelaide had to merge with one team in the AFL, who would you choose? Oh, well, that's a very interesting one. Uh, God, I don't think... I can't think of anyone. Uh, Gold Coast? Gold Coast, that's the second time we've had a Gold Coast uh, answer for that one. Yeah, Yeah. I think think they're the one. Considering half the Gold Coast team are from South Australia, it probably just fit right in. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Uh, you're very sensible, okay? So would you rather be given $1 million right now but guaranteed you'll never see another Adelaide Premiership in your lifetime or give up the million and leave it up to chance? Oh, 100% leave it up to chance. Um, you know, they, when you're dead and buried and you've got all your memories and you're dying and at, at old age, what are you going to remember, your money or the, the things that bring you happiness? That's right. You know? What an answer. Good answer. I'm the same. Number seven, if you could look exactly like one Adelaide player, who would it be? Oh, Ben Keyes. He's a male model for sure. 
He's a good-looking rooster. Sorry, good-looking crow. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, he is. If you had to choose one Crows player to play millionaire hot seat on your behalf, all the money goes to you, who would it be? Who's a smart oh, one? God. Oh, God. Probably, um, you know what? Not many on the Crows list. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fisher Mackesy seems like he's pretty switched on. He seems like a very intelligent seems, young man. Seems smart, uh, does he? All right. Yeah, yeah. Private yep. school kid, so I think Fisher Mackesy on that one. Mackesy, good. All right. If Netflix asked you to choose one player to do a documentary on about their life story, who would you suggest? That's a good Rory one. Sloan. Rory Sloan, yes. Oh, yeah. what a story, Rory Sloan. My God. Yeah, he's been uh, through the, high, the highest highs and the lowest lows, that man. He has. How good was the Amazon documentary? Did you watch that one? Yeah, bits um, bits and pieces of it. I um, just kind of fast-forwarded the boring bits. <laughs> all the Richmond bits. Overall, I did through them. Yeah. yeah. So they already kind of did it, really, but yeah. Mm. If you had to swap Matthew Nix with one current AFL head coach, who would it be? Well, isn't that funny? Because I, I wouldn't, um, mm. really. Uh, I'm just trying to think top of my head. I actually blindsided possibly John Longmire. Um, oh. He clearly can build a culture. And he's good with obviously bringing in new talent. And in terms of current coaches, I wouldn't. The only other one would be mm. Alastair Clarkson, obviously. Yeah, of course. No, Longmire's a good choice. I like that one. But as you said, you're a big fan of Matthew Nix, as am I. Hey, give us a plug. Give uh, your podcast a plug. So where can we go and listen to The Sensible Crow? Well, it's available on every um, major podcast platform from Podbean through to um, iTunes or, or whatever. Um, you know, uh, Spotify and all those good ones. You can listen on the go or on your computer at home. And uh, usually available on during the season, it's on a Tuesday morning or during the silly season, it's Thursday morning. And the reason why it's Thursday is because I was so sick last year of recording something and then they'd have an announcement. Brad Crouch would be going here or yeah. something would happen there. And I was like, people, there was an ongoing joke saying that if I recorded a podcast, watch out because there'll be news <laughs> So uh, Thursdays during the silly season, as I call it. Um, yeah. So look out anyone tomorrow. Um, I'll be dropping a new podcast tomorrow. I love it, Naz. You're a good man. It's been a lot of fun to chat to you, and I really hope the trade period goes well for the Crows and for yourself, and good luck in the future. Hey, let's let's catch up during this trade period. If if something does get done, I'm, I'm yep. assuming Jordan Dawson will get done. We'll, uh, we'll have a chat on the 4 p.m. news wrap. We do that every day. Hashtag Trade Centre Live to get involved, everyone. Coming up at 12.30, I've got a chat with a Bombers fan from the Sash and 2 p.m. Uh, with the pair talking all things Port Adelaide and Nuz hates Port Adelaide. So be interesting to get their take on that. 4 p.m. we'll be wrapping up the daily news. So we'll, we'll see you all then. Thanks, Nuz. I've really, really enjoyed the chat, mate. My pleasure.